Well, good morning to you. We heard that people wanted warmer weather, so we turned the heat up. Sorry about that. We had a little problem at 8.30. It was really hot in here, if you think it's hot now. And uh, the AC is on, the doors are open, so hopefully even with just the next 10, 15 minutes, we will, we will cool down. It always makes me think of people in parts of the world who have never heard of air conditioning or never heard of heat, you know, and, uh, and I, I just always have to work my way through that. But uh, if you'd like to come up here and preach in this heat, you come on up, because I'm... <laughs> We're so happy you're here, and I mean that. Some of you are, I already met some first-timers out in the mall area, and we really welcome you. This is a friendly church, and I hope you feel that, because uh, we say you can only visit once. After that, your family. So make yourself at home. There's a card, looks like this, in front of you in the chair back. If you're new, take that out, and we'd love to have you fill it out, drop it in the box, or turn it in at guest services, or... Go to the QR code with your phone and it'll land you on a Timberline page where you can ask questions. You can put a prayer request on here. We pray for these all week long and uh, we would love to have you get involved at the level you want. One of the things that we've learned is some people kind of come and look for a church where they can hide for a while because they're not sure if they want to get involved. And other people come and say, where can I get involved? And we have a neat thing today where we have ushers and greeters and uh, you were welcomed when you came in today by our teams. And we have openings on both of those teams, greeters and ushers. And so if you would like to start serving in that capacity, please go by and talk to guest services. We'd love to get you involved. And we do not work you 52 weekends of the year. You know, the joy of a church like Timberline is you can work a few weekends and be off a few weekends and kind of make it work into your schedule. So if you have an interest in getting a little more involved and in serving here at the campus, go by and do that. Another thing is our food drive is going so well. You guys are so generous. You would not believe the piles of food that we are taking out of here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This all wraps up this week, I think the 15th. And so if you plan on getting some food, bring it in by then because that gives us about a week to get it all organized and we deliver it. And so please, if you want to be a part of that, but thank you so much for that. The last thing I want to say is just thank you for considering coming to Summit today. Uh, my wife, Bonnie, and I teach Summit. Summit One is a class that welcomes people to Timberline. Now, some of you have been here for a decade and never come to Summit. Come on. Today's your day. We'll feed you lunch. How's that? Is that a deal? No, I'm just kidding. It, it doesn't matter how long you've been here or if this is your first time in the building. Today you're invited. You don't have to sign up, but you can if you want. Right after our next service at about 11, at 1240, we'll go into the South Auditorium. You'll meet some of our team, our pastors, our staff, and then Bonnie and I will spend about an hour with you walking through where we're going as a church and why. It's really a lot of fun. And so we hope that you feel very invited. We This will be the last one for a 20. 22. How many of you know it's going to be 2023 here? Just unbelievable. Anyway, we're in a, a series called Playlist. And it's a series about music. It's a series about singing. It's a series that is inviting you into worshiping God in a variety of ways. We've dealt with a lot of different topics uh, through this series. We have this weekend and next weekend. We'll wrap up the series. But today we're talking about what it means to worship in truth. 
worship in truth. Now, at first, it might just seem real simple. Why are we having a whole weekend on this? But it's actually pretty complicated and pretty profound. And so I want you to just kind of think through this with me. The Bible talks about worshiping in spirit and in truth, which we're going to look at today in John chapter 4. Are those two things really different? They're similar but different. Both are required. Can you worship in spirit and not in truth? You can. We'll talk about that. Can you worship in truth and not in spirit? Hmm, that might be difficult because then it wouldn't really be true, but I'll explain what I mean by that as we walk through. This, this whole phrase, worship in spirit and truth, it's a Bible phrase. And it, it starts in John chapter 4 where Jesus decides to take a path that Jewish men and women didn't usually take. It's a Samaritan trail. The Samaritans and the Jewish world were separated. They had their own little road systems, their own temples in which they worshiped. They despised each other. And Jesus, the Bible says, it says that he needed to go through Samaria. And I think it was to meet up with this woman that he's going to meet. And he goes on this other path and he comes upon this water well. And there's a woman at this well. Anybody remember her name? Her name is Woman at the Well. <laughs> that's, that's her name. That's all we know about her at this point in the story. And he comes up on her and he asks her some water. And she's a little surprised because Jewish men wouldn't speak to a Samaritan woman. And she says, well, it's a little odd that you're talking to me. And he says, well, tell me about yourself. You know, can I just say three words that could change the world? I love you are very important words, but... Three other words, tell me more. You know, when you're talking to someone and you say, tell me more about that, tell me your story, tell me what happened. Now, not everyone's going to invite you into that, but Jesus was a master at this. Tell me about that. And she starts talking about her life, her family, her home, and, and basically it boils down to she's been married three times, she's living with a man she's not married with now, and and, and Jesus kind of steps back and, and tells her this. Well, you've been married three times. You're living with a man. Now you're not married to him. The, the great line in Scripture, she says, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. <laughs> it's like, yep. Can I just say as a takeaway, unrelated to the message, Jesus comes to Samaria to find you. He goes through the guardrails to find you. And he fully knows your story. But you don't know my past. He does. Well, you don't know what I've caused. He does. And he's chasing you. Praise God. He chased her. It ends up they have this great discussion about worship. And finally, Jesus kind of says this whole thing in John 4, verse 23. It culminates with this. Jesus says, but the time is coming, indeed, it's here now. When true worshipers, whether you're Samaritan or Jewish, will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. There it is. The Father is looking for those 
who will worship him that way. What does that mean, that way? For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in, say it with me, spirit and truth. Okay, let's figure this out. I have four really simple points in the outline if you're following along. Number one is, what is singing? What is singing? So, this series has been a lot about singing songs and making declaration, and and we've been singing together, and we're going to sing a song later uh, to practice some of the things we're learning right now. But singing and making music has obviously been a part of every culture since the very beginning of time. I think it's just innate. It's, it's God in us, in a sense, that we sing, every culture. And it involves usually some melodic tune. It in, usually involves a rhythm. And sometimes, if it's singing, then it involves lyrics or words. There are songs that don't have lyrics, but we're talking about songs that have words. Now, not all singing is spiritual. How many of you know that? So... I'm aware of that, and I want you to know, as a matter of fact, when, when our family used to go visit my grandparents at their farm in Kansas, and all of us guys would help my grandpa buck hay for the summer, and, and we worked hard, but we played hard. He always had some big barrel to walk on or log in the river to try to stay on, all this stuff, and, and you know, we would, we would jump in the bullpen, and they'd chase us, and, the, you know, we had all these crazy things that we, we did. But at night, sometimes he would pull out his fiddle. And my Uncle Doc would pull out that thing that you kind of put in your mouth and go, I don't even know what that thing's called. <laughs> he would pull that. And we'd have a little hoe down there in the, in the farm. And he would sing us a song. And I, I just remember that song. Little frog sitting on a lily pad, looked up to the sky. The lily pad broke and the frog fell in, and there ain't no frog no more. Ain't no broke no more. Yeah. And I, at the end of that song, I would just be like, praise God. This is such, such a powerful worship song. I want to sing along. No, it wasn't that. Have you ever been to a ball game down in Denver and the stretch on the seventh inning? What happens? You sing. What do you sing? Is it a, is it a worship song? Take me out to the ball game, right? God's going, oh, I love the sound of take me out to the, no. Not all songs are spiritual or do they have deep meaning. So please understand that I get that and I know that. There are millions of songs that are not spiritual. But there are many songs that are meant to worship God Almighty. That's why they are written. The motive behind them is to express love to God. And that's what we're looking at today. The second point is this, what is worship? So what is singing? It's all those things we just said. So so let's talk about worship, a song that is worship, and let's talk about other ways that you can worship just to get some definition to this idea of worshiping in spirit and in truth. So worship songs are designed to worship the one true God, and they are specific songs. They're written with that in mind. There are many songs that worship other gods. I was going to give some examples of this, but I'm not going to because it takes too much time and it doesn't matter. So for our purposes today, I'm only talking about worship songs that worship the one true God that we worship here at Timberline, okay? So 
it needs to be stated that worshiping God has many forms besides singing. So you can meditate as an act of worship. You can be silent as an act of worship. Art can be a part of worship. Poetry, being still and being quiet, being a good listener. Uh, prayer is, is a form of worship. So I don't want you to think that all singing, you know, singing is the only form of worship that you can have. Thank God, because many of you cannot sing. I've sat beside you. <laughs> so for you, there are these other forms, <laughs> okay? That's why I always say, the Bible just says, make a joyful noise, right? So all of us can do that. Worship, worship is like a posture of the heart and the mind. And I'd like to just propose that that is spirit and truth. The heart and the mind, they're, they're connected somehow, and they're different somehow. Even in the way Scripture uses the word heart in several different Greek words, and it uses the word mind. Worship is a surrendering of my will to the will of God. That's, that's what, it's not just saying words or singing words. Worship is also an admission that God is my creator and God is my superior. Now, this is going to become very important in the next decade in our culture. We are not deity. We worship deity. We are created in the image of God, but we are not God. Don't get confused about this, because in the years ahead, whew, we're going to face that. We worship as an act of surrender, recognizing we are not God. And we submit to this God who created us, and we give ourselves fully to him. Worship is an acknowledgement that God is the life source for me to live according to his plan. Okay, you still with me? Okay, let's go to number three. What is worship in spirit? So... What is singing? What is worship? Now we're getting to the heart of this. If I'm going to worship in spirit, and the next one will be spirit and truth, but, but point three is spirit. What was Jesus actually meaning when he said to worship him in spirit and truth? What is the spirit part of that? It means, among other things, that it must originate from within the heart. And, and these words I was talking about, the Greek words, it's not just cardio, like the blood pumper. The word heart in Scripture means feelings and emotions. How I feel about this, what I'm projecting onto God, what I wish to convey with my emotions, that's worship from the heart. And then the truth side is connected to the brain, which we'll look at in a minute. It must be sincere. If I'm to worship in spirit, then it must be motivated by our love of God. And it's, it's showing gratitude for all that he is and all that he has done and by faith all that he will do. Worship can become mechanical. 
It can just become mechanical. If I don't worship in spirit, then it can just be mechanical. It doesn't mean that rituals or liturgy, liturgical uh, phrases are bad. I memorize scripture, and that's a good thing. Some of you come from backgrounds where there was liturgy that you repeated off of a screen. You can say that with your spirit man. But you can also just be mechanical about it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, and you're saying it to get it over with. You could say the 23rd Psalm and not say it from your spirit. You're saying it from memory. Or you can say it from your spirit which says, the Lord is my shepherd. And you're, you're, you're hearing that. You're, you're, you're remembering this is a truth and you're receiving it into your spirit man. I, I grew up in a setting where, just for an example, we would be having breakfast and um, so we're eating, five kids, seven of us, mom and dad. Dad usually sat here at the head of the table and my mom and I have four sisters around the table and, and, and at the end of breakfast when everyone was pretty much done, one of my parents would say, all right, kids, let's pray. And you hear the chairs on the tile or the floor. It was like the perfect time for a cat nap. You know, I always look forward to it. And it lasted forever, like three or four minutes. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And we would pray. And for some reason, uh, we had to kneel. Now, am I, am, I, am I more spiritual when I kneel? What do you think? No. So why kneel? Why, did, why was that important to my parents that we kneel? It's a matter of our spirit man posturing ourselves in a way that feels like submission to God. It's recognizing his authority. And I love that we did that as a kid. And it, it put that in me. As an adult, sometimes I still kneel, but not very often. My morning with God is in a chair that reclines with my coffee cup right here. And I think God still hears my prayer, right? So it's not just about posture, but there's this idea that spirit is resonating with God, my creator. To the apostle Paul, he said this, worship by the spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh, just in the brain. In Philippians 3.3, 3, he says that. It's the Holy Spirit who awakens in us an understanding of God's beauty, his splendor, his power. That's all spirit. That's just not a cognitive exercise. It's the spirit of a man. The spirit is very important. You know, if you've ever been in a, in a room, see, you have a spirit. You have a body. If you've ever been in a room when the spirit leaves the body, what happens? The body doesn't work anymore. And it's, it's just, it's a matter of seconds that that body just feels very cold and unlifelike because the spirit is gone. So that spirit becomes a very important component that we recognize we are made up of spirit. 
So our emotions, our life, our truth, our, our existence, our desires, all of that is part of that worship me in spirit, that thing, that, that connection that you have that comes from your divine creator. It can't even be real worship unless it's part of that spirit man that's in your body. It's the Holy Spirit represented in you. Now, I grew up in a pretty Pentecostal environment, and by that I mean it was very emotionally driven. We had a lot of hallelujahs and amens in the church I grew up in. We had, um, we had, you know, almost everybody would lift their hands and praise God. We have, how many of you have been in kind of a real charismatic meeting where people are, you know, I mean, I've been in some, I didn't grow up like this, but I've been in some where they have banners, flags, and people are, they have runners. Like I almost got hit by a runner one time in the UK there with Lucas and, and man, boom, boom, they're running by with these big flags and banners and everybody shout to the Lord. Everybody shouts to the Lord and give joy, clap, clap offering, clap offering, come on, come on, clap offering. You know, it's like. <laughs> so that there is something that can just be, you know, a desire to really push that emotion. I always got tickled in some of these environments where we would have a before service prayer and we'd be talking like this and yeah, you know, and I think God's gonna do some great things. Great crowd today, let's pray. And you know, Joe, would you lead us in prayer? And we join hands and Joe says, oh God, in the name of Jesus, would you bring the fire from heaven? You know, it's like, what, what just happened? <laughs> Woo! What just happened? I, I, you know, it's kind of like, I remember, <laughs> I shouldn't probably tell you this, but years ago, years ago, I haven't said this in any of the service. No, let's, let's move on. I, 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 <laughs> no, okay, I'll tell you. So, so we, we hired a youth pastor like my second, my first year here when we were over on LeMay. And he came from the south and he was very Pentecostal. Barney Huey, anybody remember Barney Huey? Love him. Still friends to this day. But man, he is hyper. And this guy just, he walks around like this. And he's one of those that when he prays, it's like the, the mountain shakes. You know what I'm saying? So he's leading us in worship. And we had just gotten this cordless mic. It was the first uh, cordless mic that came and we, we were, and he was leading worship and I was going to come up and do prayer. We used to sit on the platform. All the pastors used to line up and sit on the platform so you could watch us. <laughs> and he's leading with this mic, and he's trying to, he's saying, clap your hands, shout to the, he's, he's one of those. It's like a cheerleading worship pastor. And <laughs> I'm coming up to lead prayer, and he's got this mic. And we're going to do the handoff on the way. And he holds the mic out, and he says in my ear, they're dead, brother, they're just dead. They're dead, brother. They're just dead. <laughs> See, it, 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 it's, it's how you're wired. Like a lot of people are very emotional in their worship. I'm, I'm kind of like half and half. I love lifting my hands in worship. I, I, can, I can say prayers out loud. But some of you, you know, if you tried to lift your hands, it would just look a little awkward. Maybe, because it's not your DNA. You can still try it. You know, just, I, I recommend you just start like this, you know. But I've never understood the difference between, you know, those Lutherans versus those Charismatics. 
you know, head up, hands up. Oh, that's really radical. Really? Posture isn't what God's looking at. What's he looking at? The heart. The spirit part of you. The spirit man in you, which is symbolized when we say the heart. God knows the heart. God sees the heart. He's saying, I see your spirit. I see your motive. I see what you're really doing here. If you're just cheerleading, I don't want it. If it's just mechanical, I don't want it. True worshipers worship in spirit and in truth. Sometimes I weep when I sing songs and worship. Tears come out of my eye. I don't even know why. I've, I've seen those things come out. David danced before the Lord. In, in 2 Samuel chapter 6, they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant in. David was so moved and so grateful. The Bible says in verse 14, and David danced before the Lord with all of his might. What does that mean? Spirit. Something happened to him. And, and, and he was wearing a priestly garment. So David and all, listen to this. All the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy. The blowing of ram's horns. This is a party, folks. This is the spirit on steroids. Everybody's excited. This was a celebration of God Almighty, and it was done in sincerity. And let me just say this. God liked it. But not everyone did. Matter of fact, in verse 16, it says, But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, she looked down from her window, and when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. Who is that crazy guy? What does he think he's doing? She would pay a price for that because God really appreciated David worshiping in spirit and in truth. Who am I to judge how you worship? I mean, it's a big thing. I, I, I don't like it when hyper-charismatics get on people who worship quietly. If you want to worship quietly, worship quietly. If you want to worship with more demonstration because it's part of your spirit, do it from a pure heart and do it as unto the Lord, not man. Amen? Let's be a church that allows that. Let's give room for people to express their worship in spirit in ways that are different. We are not all the same. We don't tell stories the same. We don't experience life the same. And so let's let God use our spirit. I, I see in the New Testament another time when there was criticism of someone who worshiped. They, the disciples and Jesus walk into this house and there's a lady there who gets this jar of anointment and opens it and anoints Jesus and it, the, the, the aroma fills the room and this jar is worth like a, a year's wage. And some of the disciples are like, oh, this is awful. We, we, we should have sold that and given money to the poor. Who does she think she is? What was she doing? She was worshiping from spirit. By the way, guess who the lead disciple was on that one? Judas. I want to be very careful of my disposition and how I judge people in their worship. All I'm asking, worship in spirit. Worship in spirit. So let's move to the last one. What is worship in spirit and in truth? 
Because when I tie these two together, something really cool happens, and we become obedient to God in the way that we worship. So this kind of worship, in truth, is, I think, a little easier to understand because the Spirit's all over the map. But here's what it really means to worship in truth. It is informed by who God is and what he is like. How do we know who God is and what he is like, mostly? What would be the template? Would it be the Bible? It would be. It's more than just what I think what I feel, what I hope God to be, we have a pretty good roadmap in Scripture of what God is like. And not everyone likes everything about what God is like, but it defines who he is. Our worship must be rooted in and tethered to the realities of biblical revelation. There have been times when we've pulled a song out of the list that we sing here at Timberline because it wasn't very good theology. It might have felt good to sing it and it was emotional, but honestly, the theology side of that song is not really accurate with what the Bible teaches. And usually we catch them ahead of time, but every now and then we'll have to talk about it and say, let's not sing that song anymore. God forbid that we should ever sing heresy, right? That would not be a good thing. We don't want to teach that to you. Worship is not meant to be formed by just what feels good or what is lighthearted, but rather, what is true? What is true about God? We're gonna sing a song in a few minutes that has some true statements about God, and you're gonna have the opportunity to practice saying this in song, in spirit, from my, my emotions, and in truth. It's a declaration of who God is according to scripture. It's powerful when you put those two together. I put a little statement under that final point that's more of a little sentence, and here's what it is. I must understand head and heart worship. And it's easy to just have head worship. I've done it. I've been worshiping God right here in this room many times when I'm reading the words off a screen and thinking about something else. Ever been there? And sometimes I'll go, whoa, what, where am I? I'm, I'm on next Wednesday. I'm not worshiping. <laughs> Reel it back. Come on, Northrop. You know? So it, it takes some discipline to worship in spirit and to truth. I really need to engage. I need to be fully present in the moment. And that we're not very good at that. We're in a culture that does five things at once or more. And I would I would encourage you when you walk in here, when you set time aside in your life, when you decide to worship God or have that time, go all in. Remove the distractions. And be there in spirit and in truth. There's a little phrase I like. It's called 12 inches from God. Really close, but not quite there. Because in the average human being, it's about 12 inches from where your brain is located to where your heart is located. There are many people that might emotionally follow God and they're passionate about stuff, but their brain hasn't really engaged. Other people who have this analytical view of, yeah, I prayed the prayer, but their heart, their feelings, their emotional life has not engaged. Don't be 12 inches from God. Give him the spirit and the truth and be open to what those things mean in your life. I want to just give you some things to consider this week. Two things. 
Our team is going to come back up. We're going to sing a song together. As they come, think about these things. Number one, this week, I, I, I want you to just say, am I letting truth prevail over my emotion? Is truth winning? Because I know what happens. If, if we're not careful, it's the emotion in our lives that runs away. And all of a sudden, I am so fearful. I, I heard a noise outside, and there's somebody out there, and I, my imagination starts going crazy. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And, and it's like, I get that. Bonnie, go check outside. <laughs> Anxiety. What's going to happen next week when this happens? What happened in that meeting? <sighs> and, and your emotions, your spirit, it just runs. It just goes off. And, and the truth in your mind, if you're anchored in God, goes, come here. You belong to God. He's got this. I don't have to be greedy. I don't have to be demanding. I don't have to live with this anger. God's got me. I'm going to think. I'm going to use my brain. I'm going to let his truth win over my emotions. The second one is, is my life proclaiming God's truth in how I live? It's huge. This is something we practice our whole lives because all of us have somewhat of a gap. I'm not there yet. But I want my life to proclaim the truth about me. I want my habits, my desires, my doings, my goings, my existence to be reflected in the truth about God who lives in me and fills this spirit with his spirit. I want to be submitted to that. I want to live surrendered to that. People who examine my life, they might find a few little indiscretions in here and there, but I'm, I'm trying constantly to reel those in and say, I want to be godly in my life. I want that for you, and I want you to think about it this week. Where am I? Is my life a reflection of what I'm singing, what I'm proclaiming? This song says a lot, and you can stand and sing it from your heart, but I want you to be thinking about spirit and truth almost in practicing as we say these words. Because these words have some proclamation about God. These words have some intimacy about God. And it's a great time to just get it. So would you stand if you're able? If you get tired of standing, feel free to sit back down. That's not important. But sing this in spirit and in truth. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever bring. We live for you. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever sing. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you.
I think this whole thing is sort of just a final thought about how it's explained in my mind so well is going back to my childhood when I would have a, a struggle with one of my sisters and my dad would pull us together and he, it was usually my fault to be honest. And he would say, Derry, I want you to apologize to your sister. And I would say, sorry. 
How many of you remember this, you know? And he would say, I, I don't really have a sense that you meant that. Let's try that again. I'm sorry. We're going to be here a long time, son. <laughs> Until finally there was the convincing from the heart and from the truth, I could own that I was wrong. Bonnie wouldn't be very excited, my wife, if she said, honey, do you love me? And I said, yeah, I told you I loved you when we got married. I love you. <laughs> no. Let's never let our worship be, well, God, I told you I loved you. Let's daily let God know with our spirit and our truth that we love him and that changed us and we are different because of that. Lord, we seal the deal today. We love you in spirit and in truth and we thank you for that opportunity in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for giving through Timberline. It's a big deal. You're the most generous people on the planet. And uh, God bless you as you continue to give. There's a box back there. You can sign up to give online. There's tables in the mall. There's a welcome center. I'll be out there if I haven't met you. Ways to sign up to get involved in stuff. Summit is coming up here in a couple hours. We hope to have you join us. Let's just finish by singing the doxology. Praise God from whom Spirit and truth blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. team is up here if you want someone to pray with you. Let love live. Say it with me. Let love live. God bless you. Love you guys. Have a great weekend. Thank you for being Timberline.